Theological education should be accessible. In the past, men have had to leave their local churches to train for the ministry. At Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, you can now complete a seminary education while staying in your own church and being mentored by your own pastor. For more information on how you can receive informed scholarship with Pastoral Heart, check out our website, cbtseminary.org. You are listening to the Weekly Discourse on the Man of God Network, featuring a weekly lecture from the classroom of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. All right, brothers. Well, let's uh, pick back up. I have a, a lot of information that I usually insert here for sometimes several hours that I am, I am going to briefly mention, but I'm not going to dive into them because I'm going to assume, given the seminary that you are at, by God's grace, which is a blessing to you, um, that you know these things. But I, I teach this same kind of course, it looks a little different, um, in missions settings, where some of the course is literally a, a crash course in hermeneutics because... I'm dealing with people from a lot of you know, third world cultures, prosperity gospel ridden cultures, these kinds of things. And so it's one thing for us to say, yes, the, the scriptures uh, are sufficient to address uh, issues in, in life. But if you don't have a hermeneutic, if you, if, you might, if you might not even really have a good grasp on the gospel, then we have to start there. So there are some things that I'll just briefly mention that I do think are a part of thinking about counseling and helping others. Things like just the general movement of Scripture, right? And you could put this in a variety of perspectives. Creation, fall, redemption, new creation, these kinds of things. Just helping a pastoral counselor to see how to put the Bible together. Brothers, we have some wonderful courses, and I'm assuming you've taken them or will take them, so I'm not going to labor there. Or just what the gospel is, right? Um, and this is one that I'm going to just work into a variety of sessions, uh, of topics. You know, the gospel, obviously, is not my response to the gospel. <laughs> that sounds, sounds so basic. But in counseling sessions, if the gospel is, this is what you do, then... We're, we're, we're steering people away from the very marrow of the Word of Christ, right? The gospel is what Christ has done and who He is, and Him being offered, right? And so you, you, you know these, these things. But I just sometimes I labor for a couple of sessions with uh, uh, folks over these things. I'm not going to do that with you. But I did mention the difference between justification and sanctification. And I won't pull out. Uh, our systematic theologies and try to walk you through all that. I will just say, oftentimes in pastoral counseling settings, one of the issues that we will encounter, and I say we because I'm in this with you, I'm, I'm doing this, you're doing this, or soon to be doing this, one of the issues that we will encounter is someone who confuses justification and sanctification. Okay, And we'll press into this a little bit more when we talk about law gospel, but we just want to be crystal clear in our counseling that 
the once-for-all declaration that uh, one is righteous because of the imputed righteousness of Christ is always there and distinguished from the process of growing in uh, holiness. Growing in being uh, conformed to the image of the Son. right? Growing in looking like Jesus. And do you know where I think as a pastor the doctrine of sanctification really, really meets the road? It does it from the pulpit, yes. But in the counseling room, in your office, you're going to see it the most often because what, what do you do when the brother, um, in some cases the sister, and which, by the way, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, maybe we'll call it counseling ethics, but just general wisdom. How, should, should, should you be counseling women? I mean, these kinds of things. But for now, the brother or the couple, um, the sister that comes to you, and they are looking at themselves and seeing a lack of sanctification or a lack of being where they want to be. And you may think, I, I'm going to try to figure out, uh, let me see which Pallison book addresses this. Is there a, you know, an old J. Adams book? Is there a, you know, a David Murray book? Any, and all the people that you might be aware of and reading in whichever niche you, you're looking at. But what that person is going to need is for you to help them, again, to literally just teach what is justification, and how is that different from sanctification? Right? And I, I am not going to take the time to give you a full treatment of that. I just want you to know that you will see that. You will see it. And what, what does it look like then for you to need to turn a counseling session into? And brothers, I have done this a lot of times, sitting with them. And I'll just be talking to someone. I'll say, brother, let's just review together. What does the Scripture say about our standing before a holy God? And, and then, brother, what does it say for you? That when I say it, I mean the Word. What does the Word say about what it means for you to be growing into the image of the Son of God? Right? And, and, and the differences that are out there, obviously, between progressive uh, sanctification and what it means just to be a sanctified people of God, right? Imagine teaching the same course in a culture uh, uh, that's been kind of rife with prosperity gospel, or uh, I've had people that, you know, take this course in, in other countries, and um, they think that you can be completely sanctified. Essentially, they believe you can be glorified now, almost. <laughs> you can be sinless. So I am not going to labor there because you and I know, our confession says, we are going to wrestle with sin until the day that we go to be with Christ or He comes, right? Um, I don't have to prove that to you, although I would commend to you, um, if you haven't <laughs> read the, the, the chapter uh, in the confession recently uh, on St. It's, it's, it's beautifully written, pastorally written. You know, I got into this confession. I don't want to take up too much time. I got into this confession looking from. I, I want more than just five-point Calvinism. I won't take the time to talk to you about that. If you want to meet me afterwards, or you know, over a cup of coffee, we can talk about that. But 
So I, I discovered the riches of our confession and how it arises from the pages of Scripture. But over the years, I'm increasingly struck by just how pastoral the words are. And so I would commend to you, I'm not saying you pull out the confession, you know, in the midst of a deep, difficult counseling session. Well, you know, our confession says, chapter, you know, paragraphs. But just having that in mind is there. So that difference between justification and sanctification is a crucial one. And let me be clear. Being declared righteous, being clothed in the righteous record of Christ, Him taking our record and us being credited with His record. You could use other words, but you know what I mean. That is, for the believer, never in process, right? And that's something that people need to hear. Brothers and sisters, uh, brothers, it is, it's what I needed to hear. Sorry, starting to preach a sermon there, brothers and sisters. It's what I needed to hear, right? I, I think I was con- I converted as a young child. But for me, the gospel was Jesus took my sins. And when I heard the truth of you know, 2 Corinthians 5.21, right? He made him who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When I when I understood that Christ didn't only die to pay for my sins, but but he lived a perfect life, and that God is looking at the work of the Son. You know, you, you know these things. Brothers and sisters, sometimes counseling sessions just turn into that, right? And and I just I just I want to caution you from thinking that every counseling session is going to be the worst abuse case the worst adultery case, the worst depression case. Sometimes it will be. Sometimes you will leave a phone call or you will leave an office and you think, I'm undone by what I've just, I have no idea what to do here. But sometimes it's going to be this and you're going to think, I just, I need to sit with my brother and I need to, we just need to talk about the word together. So um, I I won't labor here too long, um, but then we move to sanctification um, and what the, the Word of God says and the wrestling with sin right, that, that occurs, and yet the victory that occurs and, and the fact that we still sin, but we're being conformed to the image of the Son and um, those kinds of things and not confusing them. right? Does that make sense? I, I won't necessarily stop for questions here, but at the end when we, when we get there, please let me know. But just want to make those, those clear. Well... <clears throat> Let's move then into um, a couple of categories that I think are important, and I won't linger in these categories, assuming that we know these things together theologically, but the gospel is something that counselors need to have clear, right? And we need to present it clearly from the pulpit, you know, in evangelism, but we need to present it clearly in the counseling room as well. And by and large, I would guess that you will counsel people who are professing Christ a lot more than you will counsel people who are unbelievers. But there will be times where you will be counseling an unbeliever. Maybe it's a relative of someone who's a member of your church. Maybe it's a visitor that has come, right? Um, you, You know these situations, brothers. Some of you Perhaps have even been in ministry longer than me, 
but you know these situations. But being clear about what the gospel is, is um, absolutely necessary. We'll talk about law and gospel in a few moments, but just want to lay, lay that out. Before we get into all the depths of how to handle you know, depression and anxiety and what do we think about marriage counseling, it, basic 101, right? What is the gospel? Right? And the counseling room, particularly in moments of pain on the part of the person you're counseling, can be the place where the gospel gets a little bit muddled. Right? Because sometimes you're going to have to... I'm starting to get into law of gospel now, aren't I? <laughs> you're going to have to tell people that they need to do certain things differently. And how, how do you balance that? Right? Um, and so the gospel, Christ has done, we need to make clear, and it needs to be the foundation of what we need to do in response. And we'll talk some about that. Well, let's, let's look then at a couple of overarching um, issues. We are alienated from God, from one another, and from creation. Essentially, when I say we, I mean uh, human beings. Um, and as a result of sin, that alienation comes. And of course, we know where the reconciliation comes, right? Christ. But as those who are made in the image of God, who are fallen and living in a cursed world, we have to consider those theological categories when we sit with those people who are hurting. Now, I'm going to orbit the airport for a moment, and then hopefully over the next few hours, I'm going to bring the airplane down just a little bit got a brother in our church who uh, is a pilot, and for years I've sort of said I'm going to, one of these days when I have time, maybe when the kids are all grown and the grandkids are grown, I don't know, I'll get a pilot's license. But this brother is actually teaching me slowly to fly planes, and it's a wonderful thing. But <clears throat> I'm, I'm not going to try to get into the mechanics yet of landing this plane. <laughs> I'm just going to do what I've been doing with this brother, and I'm going, to f I'm going to let him do the takeoff. Now we're in the air, and I'm going to kind of orbit the airport. We're going to circle, and that's what we're going to do for a little while. And in a few hours, then we'll talk about some more mechanics of kind of diving in and how do we land this plane. So a couple of orbit things for just a moment as we're orbiting the airport. Um, a couple words for us. I'm just going to put the word fall up here. The, the fall of... Um, mankind into sin. Is that a factor at all in our counseling? Yes, and again, we're generally orbiting the airport. We're not landing yet. But because of the fall and all of what that means, because we have broken covenant with God, because there is a curse, um, then we have to consider what that means for the individuals that sit in our office, right? And so, obviously, we, we talked about, and I'm, you know, you might want to categorize these different in your own notes, but we have a sense of alienation. I'm going to put the word broken up here, but I'm aware in our day that the word brokenness 
can be overused. Okay, and sometimes it, it it seems like everything is right, and, and that becomes sort of just an excuse for anything. But there there is a re, a broken reality to things that we need to consider. Uh, a curse. So, how do we think about the fact that human bodies suffer decay? How do we think about the fact that God made all things good and yet creation is marred? Which is, again, you now hopefully already can see why I pointed us to Revelation 21 at the beginning of the course. And Lord willing, that's where we'll end. Uh, in our course, but in reality, soon. So the, these things we have to consider. Now, pre-fall, um, there are certain things. We are created in the image of God, okay? created to glorify God. Who can forget? Westminster Shorter Catechism, question one. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And you know, the reality is, because of the work of Christ, that is still on the table. Right? What a glorious reality for us. Created in the image of God, created male and female, brothers and sisters. If I, or brothers, if I was in a different context, I would have to labor here for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you know that being an image bearer of God means that we're created male and female. And I'm assuming here at this seminary, I don't have to worry about saying that there are two genders or two biological sexes and that there doesn't need to be a radical distinction, as would say Simone de Beauvoir and others in the feminist age that there's a distinction between gender and biological sex. I'm assuming that I don't have to labor here with you on that, brothers. Um, And I'm assuming that the video guys aren't looking at me going, don't say that stuff, right? It's true. It's just biblical truth, right? Those are realities that occur pre-fall, but we have fallen um, into sin in our uh, first parents, in our federal head, Adam, we don't remain as believers in Adam, and I won't. I won't turn this into a class on um, covenant theology or getting the garden right. But I will say those those things do, do factor a little bit into how we think about um, counseling individuals. But I'm, I'm I'm flying through this basic material because I'm assuming, brothers, that this is standard fare for you. Um, so. We are dealing then with people that are made in the image of God and all that that means. Boy, we could spend a lot of time there, but we won't. All that that means, people that are uh, fallen, people that largely have been redeemed by Christ, are in the process of being sanctified and uh, will be glorified. They will persevere to the end. Uh, But that means that there are still aspects of the fall that are present with them. Okay? And it's that reality that we need to to spend a little time talking about. It's also at this point where I typically take a few moments, and I won't do it with you because, again, I I don't don't mean to praise the seminary that you're at, the the kind of confession that you hold, but because of that, I, I I don't 
need to spend a lot of time talking about what systematic theology is and what exegesis is and what historical theology is, what biblical theology is, and the differences and why they're all important, right? Or why this is maybe considered a pastoral theology or practical theology, whatever term you want to use, course, and how those things interrelate. All I want to do with you, since I'm assuming you know those things, is to say all of those things come to bear in our course. I don't want this class to be divorced from any of those, proper exegesis, systematic theology, uh, historical theology even, right? Uh, or maybe even some, some biblical theology themes. So I'm, I'm not going to, to, to labor there. Thank you for listening to the weekly discourse. If you've been blessed by this week's discourse, please consider subscribing to the Man of God Network so that you can continue to be blessed with resources like these. If you'd like to learn more about Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, visit us at cbtseminary.org.